0: Hey everybody, this is Paul Green and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. We are back so quickly with another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 609 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, or this time on On Screen and Beyond, I know I had told you that uh, we probably won't have anything around Thanksgiving. But we are. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, we do got uh, the opportunity to have a guest with us. Paul Green is going to be joining us. Uh, he has a new movie, or a couple of movies actually, a Christmas movie coming out called I'm Glad It's Christmas. And that comes out on November 26th on Great American Families Network. And then on December 4th, Fit for Christmas on Paramount Plus. So he's going to be doing that and uh, we had to get those out right off. And you might remember him as Dr. Carson Shepherd on When Calls the Heart on the Hallmark Channel. So uh, Paul Green is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. I know, like I said, we said we probably wouldn't have anything because of the holidays, but that's, that's the way it goes. We are just moving along here with more and more. And uh, we will not have one on Sunday, but we will have a great interview coming your way on Monday after the holiday. And uh, it's uh, it, it, it's uh, one I've been digging around to get and uh, we we got the opportunity to do it so we have a couple coming your way when i thought i was going to have none so anyways uh why don't we get right into it uh, we got a lot of things to get into as far as remakes and everything else it's time for remake madness right here on on screen and beyond <laughs> Remake Madness. Well, it looks like Ryan Gosling will star in a big screen remake of the 1980s TV show The Fall Guy, which starred Lee Majors, who was a past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, so you can go back into our archives and you can hear... Lee Majors, right here, the Six Million Dollar Man, The Fall Guy, all of that. He it was a guest, and you can check that out in our rerun section. And uh, also, um, that's going to be coming your way. That new remake of a big screen film of that with Ryan Gosling will be coming out on March 1st, 2024. And the remake of Escape from New York from 1981 will be led by the filmmakers of Scream. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. April 21st, Michael Fassbender, Elizabeth Moss, and Will Arnett will star in a soccer comedy drama called Next Goal Wins. And Angelica Houston will return as the evil crime boss called the director in the John Wick spin-off Ballerina. And Channing Tatum will... He's going to star in a film called Red Shirt, and the word is it's putting a new spin on James Bond. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond, sequels. Sequels. It looks like 2018 Searching with John Cho has a sequel coming called Missing. And in January, Megan, that's spelled M3GAN, comes out, but Universal is already discussing a sequel to that horror film. And Stranger Things, Josh Quinn, who played Eddie, the guitar player, has joined the cast of the A Quiet Place Day 1 prequel. And that's it for sequels coming up next on On Screen and Beyond. Let's take a peek at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, Tales of the Walking Dead complete first season comes our way on December 20th on DVD and Blu-ray. House of the Dragon, the complete first season, comes our way on December 20th on Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K. And on December 13th, Players Season 1 slams onto DVD and Blu-ray. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? <laughs> Movies on DVD, Paradise City with John Travolta and Bruce Willis arrives on December 20th on DVD and Blu-ray. Also on December 20th, Secret Headquarters with Owen Wilson lands on Blu-ray and DVD. And December 13th, Cole Hauser stars in The Minute You Wake Up Dead hits Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and entertainment time on December twenty second. Top Gun Maverick with Tom Cruise flies onto Paramount Plus. Brandy will return as Cinderella once again in a Descendants prequel called The Pocket Watch. And part of Indiana Jones five will feature a digitally de-aged Harrison Ford, and we can see it on June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next at On Screen and Beyond. We are going to have Dr. Carson Shepard here. He, of course, was uh, on When Calls the Heart on the Hallmark Channel. And Paul Green, his real name, and he uh, is uh, having two Christmas or holiday movies coming out. And one will be on the Great American Families Network, and it's called I'm Glad It's Christmas. And then, that's on November 26th, then on December 4th on Paramount Plus, you can catch him on Fit for Christmas. And Paul Green, coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. You may recognize our guest today on On Screen and Beyond for his roles in Wicked Wicked Games or Bitten or numerous holiday films over the past few years. On Saturday, November 26, he will be in Great America Family's holiday film I'm Glad It's Christmas, and then on Sunday, December 4th, in Fit for Christmas on Paramount+. And you may also know him as Dr. Carson Shepard from Hallmark Channel's when Calls the Hearts, it's Paul Green. Paul, welcome to On Screen and Beyond.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for
1: having me. Well, Paul, it's great to have you on here. And, uh, you know, it's that time of year. Christmas movies and holiday movies are popping up like crazy, and, and you've done your fair share of those.
0: Yeah, I've been fortunate to be in a, in a, what's a baker's dozen? Oh, just one less than a baker's dozen, I guess. <laughs> I, think I, I think I have 11 or, or 12 of these uh, um holiday type uh mostly christmas i'd say yeah i haven't done i'm trying to think if i've done like a hanukkah movie not yet um or Kwanzaa. no i think <laughs> it's been mostly christmas um yeah it's pretty awesome man it's what's better than bringing people uh the the cheer and the everyone loves christmas like in most people there's the odd person where i think it reminds them maybe of someone they lost but there's still there's always a, a good smattering of nostalgia in and good memories around Christmas time. And so to be a part of these movies that knowing it gets piped into people's living rooms and, and just the joy knowing it brings so much joy and connection brings families together. When I feel like everything in this world is ripping families apart from the media and the news and politics or whatever. Uh, religion, you name it. Everything's pulling people apart. I feel like these movies have a chance to kind of bring people together, which I love.
1: Yeah, that's great. Now, let us get an idea of what these films are about. First off, let's start off with the one that's coming up on um, Saturday, November 26th. I'm Glad It's Christmas. So let us know what that one's about.
0: Well, I'm Glad It's Christmas is uh, on Great American uh, Family. And so that's... And it is... It is, there's a, a lot of music in this movie, which, and it's really cool music and special because of Gladys Knight from Midnight Train to Georgia and Gladys Knight and the Pimps. Like she's, she's in it and she's not just like kind of in it. She's really in it. Like she's, she's acting, she's singing. She's, I'd say she's got, she's in a solid third of the movie. She's got a lot to do. And wow. and then of course, Jessica Lowndes from nine hundred two one zero, and and she's done a bunch of these uh, uh, romantic comedy movies in the past as well. Uh, she's in it, and our characters uh, are both in the music business. I play Jason Bo, I play Jason Murphy, and she plays Chloe Bose, And we um, we meet uh, in you know in these romantic comedies. There's always a meet cute uh, here, Brian, and 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 it's always like you, you'll look like how do they meet, right? and usually they run into each other somewhere around a, a blind corner or in an elevator or on a, on the street. Um, so we have a, actually a couple meet cutes in this, which is, which is funny. And then our characters instantly like each other, but there's tons of obstacles. She's about, she's been trying to make it on Broadway for five years. And if she doesn't make it in these next audition, she's leaving in town. And, and then there's a and then uh Gladys Knight's character is trying to save the small community by bringing back this 100-year tradition of a of a Santa's Lane like a Christmas show that brings the community together. So there's lots of there's lots of really uh there's lots of comedy in this and there are lots of, of almost romances and near misses and and just it's paced really beautifully, shot really beautifully and, and it's I think it's written really really well too. So I'm 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 really happy to be a part of it.
1: Wow, sounds good. Now you say Gladys sings in the film, uh and you playing a musician, uh are you singing in it?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. My character's
1: a jingle writer
0: and so I write the song. My character writes the song that that um Jessica performs in the movie and, and then Gladys sings on that song as well. Um uh, we're actually trying to release that for Christmas. Uh, Jessica and I, uh, I don't think I'll have Gladys on it. That's a bit of a, a bigger fish, but, um, we're working on finding a way to release it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's called Christmas. Christmas feels like falling in love. And it's a really, it's a really, uh, hooky, catchy song. Wow! And so, yeah, we all <laughs> sing on it. Um, and there's a bunch of little. Things. It's not by no means a musical. It's it's 99% acting, and then there's a few songs here and there. But it's it's very music centric. And Mike, you know, there's there's uh, I got to use my guitar. I got to play the piano. I got to a lot a lot of uh, a lot of musical um, uh, moments. And I was I'm always looking for that because I enjoy nothing. I, I love playing and performing and singing just almost as much as i like acting they're they're kind of hand in hand and if i had to choose i
1: wouldn't mhm yeah it's yeah i mean obviously you know with your 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 acting talent and your music talent it's it's all it's all performing i mean it's you know that's just the way it is it's it's you're out in front of people
0: yeah and you know i like to look at it a little different than performing because performance almost has that Performance—the word itself like drives fake. me. Them. <laughs> well, performance means you're putting on an act, kind yeah. of. And like, what I really try to do is bring as much of myself to the music and to the acting, so that people are taken on a journey with me. And, and so, if it—I've it, failed if it's all about me, and that's what I feel like performing. Sometimes is like, look at me, I'm performing. And whereas. The type of acting I do and the type of singing I do, I really try to create a bit of a a journey and an experience that people can get transported and and escape a little bit, like escape from their day to day. And and then at the end of it, they're transformed a little bit like they they have just a slightly different way of looking at things. That's kind of what I'm that's that's what why that's my reason behind why I do it. That that lights me up just performing. That gets pretty empty pretty quick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that. So, how did you get involved with this this film?
0: Well, I they asked me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, um, so, Bill, uh, the head of GAC, I've known him for years from Hallmark, and he reached out to me. And then, Brad Cravoy is one of the other producers who produced my my. Uh, my show, uh, When Calls the Heart, that I was on for uh, yes. half a decade. Brad was a producer of that, and Brad's also produced five or six of other of my romantic comedy movies. So uh, I just knew all the people, and they reached out, and I was like, and when I heard the cast, and I had a look at the script, it was like, yeah, this sounds awesome. And the scheduling was really hard because I was just finished filming in Vancouver uh, another movie that I believe we're going to talk about. Um and I have a new baby son. So like trying to squeeze in two Christmas movies while my ten month old is, you know, just finding his steps is a bit of, is a bit of a challenge. And I'm also filming a third movie in around these two movies, uh uh a, ja- a film um that was called um Jaguar My Love, but now it's called uh Autumn and the Jaguar. So it's uh It's a a film, a theatrical release, it's a feature film that takes place over two years while we wait for the baby Jaguar to grow up. So I have three projects that I'm trying to squeeze into this crazy three months leading up to Christmas, or four months, which has been challenging, to say the least, uh, and invigorating, of course. Wow.
1: And congratulations on on your son. Thanks and uh it's just, so you're busy between all that the the filming and having a a young a young one that's that's pretty uh uh busy i i know how that is
0: <laughs> yeah i have a team man like i i have help i i there's no way i could do it alone i have a really really strong team on the back end and on the beside me and of course my partner kate my my wife and and i have a it, you know, family is the most important thing to me. So it's like, how do I prioritize? To keep keep those things at the front while still being able to deliver the best uh, job I can with these other projects too. So yeah, it's 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 wild, but it's it's it, things kind of happen like that during COVID. It was certainly quieter and so it's just almost like this uh, and, and everyone's catching up it seems
1: <laughs> yeah. how was it working with gladys knight i mean you know she i mean you you weren't around when she had her her monster hits you know back then you're you're just a baby so
0: <laughs> yeah it was cool like you said i don't have a lot of reference to who she is other than uh obviously the Gladysite and the Gladys Pips and then also the hearing A uh, Midnight Train to Georgia and, and knowing her name but not knowing her music really I mean I recognize a couple of the songs but uh, but it's just awesome to work with a legend somebody who is has who risen so high inside of a such a unique uh, and time and so much history there and, and her stories and she had a lot of wisdom and she was funny really funny and so present and just beautiful it was wonderful and I, I i she's she's a stunning human being just does not look her age she she is she looks mm, 60s maybe and i think she might be looking around 80 or late 70s she's she is phenomenally kept herself and it very natural too it's not like she's been made up a lot she looks phenomenal
1: yeah yeah well yeah. then here then on Sunday, December 4th, you're going to be on Paramount Plus with um, um, Fit for Christmas, so give us an idea about that one. What's that that one about?
0: Well, so Fit for Christmas came to me a little differently. Um, Where was I when I heard about that one? Um, Again, Brad Curvoy, who produced One Cause of Heart, was a a producer on this as well, so uh, which I always like working with him because his his movies always look the best, especially on the back end. Like, and just he, he really knows how to make a movie uh, come to the screen. Um, and Fit for Christmas was with Amanda Klutz Now, her and she, Amanda Kloots, um, during uh, COVID, she had lost her husband, uh, Nick, to COVID. And it was, was very public about the journey and so most of america followed her let's wake nick up and there was a big uh, social media around him cuz she was in a coma and she ended up losing her husband during covid and i remember hearing the story but i didn't follow it closely and then when i found out it was amanda and i met her on zoom we I, well for she, i think she was in italy or she was in some, somewhere and we had this chemistry read to end with the director just to see cuz it was for CBS which i had worked for in the past uh with for other TV shows um and I think CSI is on CBS I think so I got yes. I got to double check my IMDb. yeah it is yep. okay good um and is NCIS on CBS too
1: yep all, all of those it, CIS
0: <laughs> oh they're all on CBS okay so so I've had a okay good good to know so I've had my my uh I've been on the network but not 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 leading uh, something that's so because they, they, these are an old tradition, but that they're bringing back, and and there's only a couple other ones this year. So there, if it, I felt felt really special to be a part of, you know, a, a network that's been around for so long, and and uh, and the script was great, and it's based a little bit on Amanda's life, and it, as a fitness instructor, and there's just there's just so many. There's, there's so, and this one is really fast and really funny. And the writer is Anna White, who's written a dozen Christmas movies, um, and she wrote my last year's Christmas movie I did called Christmas CEO. And I wanted to work with her again because she's just the best and super funny. And so she's, she was our writer, and, and yeah, there's just lots of cool things that came together to make this thing amazing.
1: Yeah. Are you singing in this one?
0: not really not like no not in the way i tried i have my guitar with me on every set and always there i'm singing but not on the screen uh, <laughs> i don't think <laughs> I, I don't think so anyway
1: yeah working on these films uh how, how fast of a turnaround was were these films because i presume and maybe i'm wrong uh but uh holiday movies uh i presume are are done quickly because i'm sure they're <laughs> you know they got to get ready for Christmas so uh, are they quicker than a normal movie? Well
0: it depends i mean some some features are done in thirty days or forty five days uh, some features take a year these are always fourteen sometimes fifteen days of filming um and sometimes we're working eighty hour weeks if we do six day weeks so wow. yeah it, it it's it's they're fast and the days are long and you become like a family very quick because everybody has, I think that's one of the things I love about doing these is you, everybody, you have this goal and it's 15 days away and you, you almost like you're starting with the end in mind and you work backwards from it, which is a really unique way of doing a project. And you're like, okay, we have, we know we have to get this done today or we're going to be in trouble trying to get that done on other days. So everyone's, you know, single, single single-mindedly focused, to moving this thing past this ball into the end zone, so to speak. And, and, and at the end of it, it's like serious camp vibes. Like you are, you're, you don't want to like you, you, you miss people. Those last two days are, can be emotional because it's so heightened and it's, it's so, you're all really on the same team and there's so much congruency and and synchronicity and your hearts are open to one another and it's it's wild it is it can be i mean i've i've had mostly that experience whether it's with the crew or the director or the other castmates or my co-star or hair makeup it's like at the end of it you're this family and you go how did we go this long without knowing each other and then two weeks later you're on another one and or a month later and you're so hard to keep in touch because everyone else is on another one so It's, it's a wild ride, and it's, it's, I f, I'm very grateful to, to be given this gift and this opportunity to tell these kind of stories. And a big part of it is the film family, and I'm away from my real family, so you really pray that your film family can kind of make up some of the aching that's along with being away from, like, a newborn, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it does.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message
0: and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Now, is, um, it, is it a lot different doing the movies <clears throat> compared to When Calls the Heart, uh, where you're, I mean, you know, five years you were <laughs> you were on that show. That's, that's quite a long run.
0: It's very different. I mean, it, that's an ensemble. Uh, when Calls the Heart's an ensemble. There's eight leads Ten leads sometimes, like there's a and a few guest stars here and there. So it's a massive uh, cast and itty bitty storylines that kind of like just carve their way through the year. Whereas these movies are you're the whole the whole storyline. Like mm-hmm. you're you're the the only storyline. So the responsibility is way greater. Um, I would say, and the work is ten times more because the, on the series there's. There's, we- days, there's weeks where you only work two or three days out of the six or out of the five, depending on the, the filming week. So, <clears throat> yeah, they're different. They're very different. And they're, you know, obviously, One Calls of Heart was a period piece, so less comedy. There's some comedy in it, but it's not necessarily written for my character, Carson. Whereas the movies, they're romantic comedies, and they're, which I love digging my teeth in. And I I like being incredibly playful, and Carson, my character, I want to of heart, didn't have as much natural room for that. I had to bring a little bit more of the weight of what he had been through to it, So, I, whereas the romantic comedies are just, let's let it rip and take everybody for a ride, which I love.
1: Hmm. I, I mean, I can, you, you do a lot of the romantic comedies and things like that, but I, I can picture you doing uh, you know, like a, an action film, too. Uh, you know, just seeing you on the screen. It's, it's like, I can pitch, I can picture you doing that. <laughs> I don't know why.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I try to stay in as good a shape as I can. That's, I think we're all, we're always, we're taking different martial arts and taking dance lessons and, te- you know, salsa and tango. Like you, as an actor, I feel like it's my job to be ready for when I do get the call and they're like, okay, we need you to do this Jason Bourne type thing. Can you fight? And I'll be able to be like, well, I'm not pro, but I do have studied, you know, the Krav Maga and a little bit of Jujitsu and a little bit of Taekwondo. Like wow. to to be able to be like, I can look like I'm a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and can you dance? I'm like, well, I've taken Tango, Salsa, and I've had to dance for a few projects, so I'm ready, man. Like, yeah, I, I thank you, I appreciate that, and I think it's just my job to be ready for when that opportunity comes to go. Yep, I'm your guy. Let's go. Yeah. You're I, in good hands.
1: Have Let's you ever? Go. Have you ever done? Uh, or a, a picture or a movie or TV show or whatever and they ask you to do something you know like I don't know ride a horse and you've never ridden a horse but uh, you say sure I can ride a horse <laughs> that type of thing
0: oh that's a, that's funny Ryan um, I do ride horses I, I fortunately grew up around them but uh, so not the horse but dancing like I've been asked before can you dance and and I've been like sure and then you get there and it's a pretty allowed, like for David Kelly there was this, this, I had to do this very elaborate tango, uh, for a show called wedding bells that was on briefly, but it was, a it was really cool because it allowed me to do some other stuff with David, like Harry's law. Um, and, and, and also have another opportunity with David Kelly that was really special. So I had to learn to tango for that one. Uh, and fortunately they hired a teacher and my co-star and I learned this elaborate thing. And I still use those moves in every movie since, so where they like where it shows the characters dancing I have the same spin, the same dip, the same <laughs> the same thing. I'm like, it's in my, it's in my muscle memory. I can't dance without doing it because we practice so hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, have you always wanted to be an actor?
0: It's a great question. Um, I, I guess, I've always, my mom says from the youngest age, she I would stand up like on the church pews and sing so everyone could like hear me. Or I was a drummer in our church at a very young age. I think at 12 or 13, I was the drummer in our adult, like our adult worship team. I was the drummer. Um, and so I've always been on stage. And then in all the drama, you know, drama in church plays. But I was also so into sports that, I dreamed of being a professional, uh, an Olympic and professional volleyball player. So I went to college on a volleyball scholarship. Didn't even join the drama team at college. I did in high school, but I snuck in the back door because they were kind of the smokers and headbangers. the The drama the drama team hung out in the same entrance to the school. As all the headbangers and the pos- or like the cigarette smokers, but the jocks, which I was one of, entered in the other door by the gym. So when I would sneak into my uh, my drama classes, I would try not to let my athlete friends see it. So I would always like sneak in the other way. And uh, yeah, so I I don't know what what made me want to be an actor was I had a dream that I was fighting in a martial arts movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme because I had seen Bloodsport, and I, I wasn't allowed to watch. I grew up very religious, so I, the only movie I... My first movie was Chariots of Fire. Somehow I watched the first Batman, and then uh, my my neighbor friend showed me Bloodsport, and I was just enraptured with martial arts, and, and I started to take martial arts, but then I also would wake up on the farm in the dream with Jean-Claude Van Damme on set, and they would yell, Cut, and I'd wake up. And so it was literally this and there's no reason I wouldn't I wouldn't even know what set looked like. There's no Internet. There was no I never watched a TV show that showed me behind the scenes of anything. We didn't even have TV. So it was it was almost like a foreshadowed. I don't even know how I would know what a set was, but I would wake up and, and then want to be back in my dream acting on this. But it was acting on set. It wasn't. Like I was watching myself in the movie. I was watching myself behind the scenes. And then anyway, within a year, I I got my license and drove myself to an acting school at 16 years old in Edmonton at Daryl Mork's studio. And then uh, I loved that. It was school for film and television. But then sports took over again. And then somebody discovered me for modeling and sent me around the world for a decade to every country. I think I've lived in 27 countries. And around the world, though, I was always taking acting classes and doing commercials. Like I have 100 TV commercials that I've done to, to date, and every day I was on set doing a commercial would remind me of my dream, and I was like, I've got to get to L.A. So when my son was born, I was living in New York for a decade, and my first son, who's now 19, was born in New York, I was like, okay we got to get to LA or this dream's never going to happen. And I was 30 at the time. So I left my modeling career at the very, very top. I had, I had a really, uh, blessed and fortunate, uh, really strange career. Cause I worked for J crew and Tommy Hilfiger and Lands End and LL Bean and Macy's and I had about five or six of these clients that literally used me every day. I think I was working 275 days a year for those clients and Sachs and Neiman Marcus and those those people. That's a good thing, but all <laughs> it was a good thing. But it was hard to leave when I it wasn't fulfilling. But I was always in school. So in New York, I was studying with uh, Hagen and Stella Adler and and. Uh, and Black uh, Susan Batson at Black Nexus. So when I finally moved to LA, uh, my my first son was six months old, and I was thirty years old. So it was eighteen years ago. I moved to LA with zero credits and a newborn baby, and I switched careers and I took a big risk. Wow, huh?
1: So so how did you get squeeze in the music stuff? <laughs> I mean, Paul, you you do music too. So how would you squeeze that into yeah. it? Yeah
0: it was always there. I, I brought my guitar every, everywhere. Originally, it was a bit of a ministry. I wanted people to like hear about God. So I would sing on like the subway trains as a part of our choir and uh, different churches in Europe. I would play everywhere on the trains or on the, in, 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 and I was writing my own songs too, but also singing some traditional songs and some Leonard Cohen songs. And, and I would always, I was always had my guitar and, <clears throat> was always looking for like a way to record it. So I found like in London, I found an re- uh, engineer in a bar and he recorded some of my uh, demo for me. And just, nice. it's just always been there. I, I, I never went anywhere without my guitar and along the way recorded different albums. And, but it wasn't really till the pandemic. I, actually I did have a Christmas movie, funny enough with, um, with uh that's called Buttons and Tim Janice is the director and in the movie was um was um the who, the the woman from Murder she wrote I'm just blanking on her name uh she just
1: uh, Angela 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 Lansbury Landberg
0: and Dick, yes and uh, Jane Jane Seymour and Dick Van Dyke was in this and Robert Redford oh, wow. and Robert Redford and also Kate Winslet and so uh this Tim Janis loved my holiday movies and made me an offer that I couldn't refuse, so I did this really cool part in this movie, but at the end, I I told him I sing, and, and he had played him uh, a YouTube video of me singing Hallelujah, and he said, do you want to do that at Carnegie Hall? And this was five years ago now, or four years ago, and I was like, are you kidding me? Yes, and so there's a, there, there's a video on YouTube of me singing Hallelujah on, at Carnegie with 200 choir and 100 symphony uh, for Kate Winslet's Autism Foundation. And when I got off the stage, I had so much, I guess, magic in my veins from that concert hall that I quickly recorded an album. Uh, I was like, "Okay, this has to be in my life more. So I recorded an album within three months and then released it. And then the pandemic happened. And I started doing live streams, so almost three times a week was playing live. And to date, I've done 500 live streams um, since uh, since the first one in 2020. Since so that's like it's at least three a week. Wow. Um, And and so I just squeeze it in, man. I just put up my camera, play some songs, and do my best to squeeze it in. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, it's funny when you say that. uh, You know, they asked you, you know, do you want to play, sing at Carnegie Hall? It's like, how many people would say, nah, I don't want to do that?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I just finished the David Grawl book, uh, book called Storytellers, which is really cool. And he, they asked him to do Blackbird at the Academy Awards, and he was going to say no. Really? Because it's, it, it's very, you know, it's, it's very vulnerable. It's just him and a guitar mm. for the in memoriam. It's on YouTube. But his daughter had just sung Blackbird, so he's like, it's my daughter could perform blackbird for her school with me playing guitar i could do it and the daughter's the one that said you have to do it so i don't know there i think there'd be people who turn it down because it's intimidating it's a i it was above my skill level at the time but i just i was like you know hired a vocal coach and sang my heart out for three months leading up to it and you know i know hallelujah very well i've always played that song and um and but it changed my musical trajectory was was the Carnegie Hall and Tim Janis and kate Winslet like that that changed my focus and I said, okay it, this is like I absolutely one hundred percent need to have this as a as a big part of my of my uh my gift and of my my give back and also just the pure joy of music for me,
1: yeah. Well, Paul, I know we're getting close to the end of the time, but uh, I'd like to finish up with one final question. Um, but before I ask you that, I uh, just want to remind everybody that on this Saturday, November 26th, that they can catch you on Great American Family's holiday film, I'm Glad It's Christmas. And then on December 4th, Fit for Christmas on Paramount+. Plus, and I'm sure they're going to show them over and over, I would imagine, uh, or, or streaming so they can just get it. Uh, and uh, I want to uh, ask you the final question is when you sit back and relax, and I know from talking with you here you don't relax very often, (laughs) but when you do, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, my favorite TV shows, we've been watching Welcome to Wrexham because it's just such a surprising thing that Ryan Reynolds did. Mm Mm-hmm uh purchased a football club uh we also watched i guess game of thrones a little bit back i love putting on um like i love putting on seinfeld sometimes and in the past i think growing up was like fall guy and and like this helicopter one i think there was a uh called Airwolf or something yes. and then uh yes. yeah 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 I had those in the, in the $6 million man, you know, like I grew up in the seventies and or I was born in 74. So, um, and yeah, I can't believe I get to do, I, I used to watch like on, on neighbors TV. We had to, uh, we had a satellite eventually in my teens, so we could see some stuff, but I grew up without TV for about, til I was 12. So, uh, I, I get excited still in this. I can't believe I have to pinch myself. I get to make movies and get to make TV shows and stuff. I, I freaking love it.
1: Yeah. Well, Paul, I thank you so much for taking the time to join us, and uh, good luck with your films.
0: Thanks so much. And if people want to follow me at paulgreen.com, dot com, how you spell my name? Everything's there. You can all my social media, and I have an email list and a text service. And then there's like a schedule of all the things coming out because I have four projects happening for film at once. And so paulgreen with the e dot com, and and everything is there. And then and if they want to follow the music journey, that's there. The the Uh, There's a transformational program. My wife and I coach together called Freedom Alchemist. That's there. So, hopefully, uh, people if they want to follow, it's pretty easy on my website. They can reach all my social that way.
1: All right. Well, thank you for joining
0: us, Paul. No problem. That was fantastic. Thanks. Thanks so much.
1: And a big shout out going to Paul Green for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and sharing about his holiday movies that are coming out like I said earlier November 26 on uh, Great American Families Network you can catch is I'm Glad It's Christmas and then on he's he's everywhere on Paramount Plus on December 4th Fit for Christmas so you can check out Paul Green on those and he's got so much stuff coming up it's unbelievable and uh, we got to keep our eye out on him. And uh, thank you for joining us here and uh, sharing with us right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, I hope you're all going to have a fantastic uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, we will not be back on Sunday evening. And I promise that because... <laughs> Like I said earlier, we, uh, you know, we weren't going to do anything this weekend at all, but then we had these opportunities come up and I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't miss them. And we uh, thank them for hooking us up with Paul and everything. But uh, we also uh, will do a show on Monday. All right. Instead of Sunday, we'll have it on Monday. So uh, we've got a guest coming our way who's going to bring back some memories for you. Okay. It's a musical guest. And we'll let you know who that is coming up uh, on Monday when you uh, hopefully will be tuning in to On Screen and Beyond. As you're doing, uh, you know, going back to work or shopping or whatever you're doing, you can listen to On Screen and Beyond. Go back and listen to all our episodes, over 600 episodes sitting there waiting for you to listen to these people. uh, Tell their own stories, tell about their life, how they got into the business, different shows, music, whatever they're doing. And we can hear it all from them right here on On Screen and Beyond. So I hope you'll enjoy that. Tell a friend about On Screen and Beyond and like us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all those other ones. And, and you know, and uh, wherever you're getting your episodes of On Screen and Beyond, or whatever podcast provider, whether it be Apple or uh, Google or Amazon or Spotify or wherever, hope you'll leave a, a review there. Hope you're enjoying the show. Give us a five-star review maybe. And also turn around and tell a friend and get the word out. We appreciate that very much. And uh, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.